This message is sponsored by Life Touch Massage. For your next massage service, call us at 205-718-5144 or visit the web at www.lifetouchal.com. Remember, relief is only a touch away. So what's happening? Start, dude. Oh, dear, start. <laughs> oh. So what's going on? Hey, I had a fun-filled weekend. I was able to um, relax a little bit, celebrate a friend of mine's 40th birthday. So we all met in Atlanta, and we had a good time. And I'm feeling good, you know, back, back at it, back working, feeling good. And uh, when I came back home, we had a, a guest. We did. Mm-hmm. Who joined us? My best friend was in town. Um, she got in Sunday, joined us for our Facebook Live follow up discussion on uh, stress and relationships. But we uh, we did some um, housework. Yeah. So I appreciate you, Stephanie, <laughs> for coming in and um, helping out with the kitchen duty. Um, they actually did a really great job, you guys, and I just can't tell you, Stephanie, how much I appreciate you coming in and helping my wife out with those projects. Yeah, pal. I've been, <laughs> I've been so busy with the business that, um, you know, I was limited on my time. And you coming in and focusing in on that really, you know, really made my heart smile a little bit. Yeah. Taught my love language. Acts of service. Uh oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. So y'all get married next. <laughs> <laughs> Pity bitty. <clears throat> so, speaking of limited time and things that are associated uh, with work, that's gonna be our topic today. Topic for today is the we're gonna talk about the top five workplace stressors. We're two self-care experts, a massage therapist, and a licensed professional counselor, husband and wife and parents of three, business owners and working professionals, who have intimate experience with stress both professionally and personally. Our podcast aims to teach the everyday professional how to live through the stresses in life while learning to be their best in life. Welcome to episode 5, Going Postal. I am your host, Lamar Story, owner of Life Touch Massage, the best spa in the world, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) And I am your host, Tiffany Story, and welcome to another episode. So what are we talking about today, Lamar? Today we're talking about the top five workplace stressors. Um, And so we're going to list some of the, the top five stressors today. And we're going to also end with some solutions for each stressor that we list today. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. So number one, career ambiguity. Is that how you say that word, Tiffany? Mm-hmm. Let me hear you say it. <laughs> ambiguity. <laughs> so that, uh, my friends, is people want to know how they're doing. They want to know if they're meeting expectations, and your employees want to know um, how they're doing at work. So, <clears throat> when employees are uncertain about their jobs and careers, 
that um, leads them to feeling helpless and they feel vulnerable. Um, what are your thoughts about that, Tiffany? Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. No, I'm just, I'm just playing. So I think that um, it's important to have um, purpose when mm-hmm. you're in a job or in a role. I, I think not only, you know, people feeling like their job actually um, helps or improves either the flow of the workplace mm-hmm. or improves somebody li- somebody's life, but I think it's also important to, like, have a purpose or a goal, like, to know that if I'm in this particular position, that this is the first step to something bigger or to some greater goal, and I have a trajectory in mind and I think um, when people don't have that they feel powerless yeah and <clears throat> this reminds me of a my previous um, my previous job and I worked at a resort as a massage therapist and sometimes we get so caught up in what we do that we don't um and I was, for one, I was one per. I was a person that felt like, you know, I didn't need anybody to tell me I was doing a good job. I knew I was doing a good job, whatever, right? But then after a while, I was like, huh, <laughs> my boss ain't told me I did a good job, you know? And I was like, then I realized that I really did need somebody of higher authority in the position that I was in to li- to let me know that they acknowledged what I was doing. Why? Um. Because it goes back to you want to know that you're meeting expectations. You want to know that you're seen. You want to know that the hard work that you're putting into this means something to somebody other than yourself and the client. And, you know, in my instance, as a massage therapist, it was just me and the client in the room. So the client all day would tell me, oh, you're doing such a wonderful job, this, this, and whatever. But um, when it comes to the person that's paying you, you want them to know that how good of a job that you've done, mm-hmm. and you want them to acknowledge it. You want them to at least be aware that you are doing a great job. Like for a long time, I used to save my. Um, so our clients used to put our tips in these envelopes, and they can write messages on them. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I used to save them, mm-hmm. and one of my coworkers said, "Why are you saving all those?" Right, and I said, "Because when I go and ask for a raise, I'm a, I'm a." You know, presented to my boss, but like, this is why I need a raise. All these people saying this about me. And he just started laughing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, it kind of made me feel away. He was like, that's all you gotta do is play golf with him. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> so that made me feel away, you know? So what does that have to do with ambu- mm. ambiguity? <laughs> Can't say that word. Because yeah. it, goes, it goes back to mean expectations. Okay. You know, um, you know, it goes back to communication too. Um, my boss never communicated to me that they felt that I was doing a great job. Now, at one point, I did receive an award, um, a Spirit to Serve award, and I did get a feature in B Metro magazine, mm-hmm. and um, which is a local magazine in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. But then I also seeing that like they was kind of featuring just random people <laughs> so in the in the position i was in at that company 
I actually was the most requested massage therapist six or seven years in a row. Wow. And I was like, exactly. Right? And I was like, no one has said anything. And no one has brought that to my attention. You know, besides myself, I was like, what do I get for that? And I think, you know, myself and most employees, you might feel the same way. Like, you're doing such a great job in your business, in your company, but what am I receiving in return? Yeah. Am I even receiving acknowledgement? Um, or the piece of paper that I received, was that enough? Oh, you received the Spirit of Serve reward. You know, honestly, looking back on it in hindsight, I would have felt better if they let everybody know. <laughs> and I don't know if that's the egotistical part of me, but, uh, you know, if they would have said, hey, we want to, you've been the most requested therapist six, seven years consecutively. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you, and this is what we're going to give you to show you how much we appreciate you. And I didn't receive that. Well, I can see how that adds to stress, though. You know, working in a job and, you know, just getting <clears throat> feedback and an annual review or, you know, once a year can really leave you kind of hanging in the balance. Yeah. So, and I also can see how not really, um, when you don't have that communication, there is no um, common understanding or some type of understanding of what the expectation is. Right. Um, and there is no way for your employee to know what you're working towards and how they should be helping you get to that goal. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely can see that as a stressor. I think it reminds me of when I used to work at um, the residential facility and I had in, I had finally kind of decided what I wanted to do. What I thought I wanted to do um, changed, you know. So when I did finally kind of figure out where I wanted to go in terms of the trajectory of my career, um, I realized that the opportunity was not there. And it did leave me feeling like, you know, often at, at times it left me feeling frustrated. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I came across when I was um, kind of just reading up on stress in the workplace was that when you are in a place where you have um, no sense of direction or no clear goal or end, end goal, um, you can stay tied to a job and it creates stress. And often it's because of various things. They call it the golden handcuff. What does that mean? What is that? The golden handcuff is um, where a job offers things like benefits, salary, pension, and other perks. um, And it keeps you it keeps you at that job yeah. regardless of the stress that comes along with it. Yeah, I can see that. And I think when I was working in a residential facility, one thing that was very beneficial to me was that I could kind of come and go as we please, as I please. With us having three kids, with them getting out of school at 3 o'clock, as long as my work was done, as long as my groups were taken care of, my paperwork was done, they didn't really care what time I came in and what time I left. And so I was able to go to school programs. I was able to come in early when I needed to or leave in earlier when I needed to. Um, and that kept me, I think, tied to that job much longer than I should have been because it was extremely stressful and extremely traumatic at times. Um, and so I think when I hear that term and 
Ambiguity. Why can't we do that? <laughs> Ambiguity. Ambiguity. Uh, um, that's <clears throat> what I think of. Yeah. What's uh What's another stressor? What's stressor number two? Uh, random interruptions. So. Um, Blue cheese. Sir, what? Random interruption. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. See, ne- stuff like that that get you off focus. <laughs> So, telephone calls, walk-in visits, and supervisors' demands. Mm. Um, things that interrupt the workflow for the employee um, is a stressor, especially when they have deadlines. So, you know, you have you might have a deadline, but then you're at work, and then you feel like things just keep coming in, unexpected things keep coming in that is out of your control, and that becomes a workplace stressor. You know what? I think that's so true. So as a therapist, when you work in a residential facility, you could have therapy sessions planned, groups planned, times to do progress mm-hmm. notes, but then a kid may become angry, suicidal, decide they're going to run away, and then your whole day can be disrupted. Like when we would have kids that would, you know, self-harm or a, a physical altercation, Everything you had planned for that day kind of goes out the window because then you have to do crisis intervention. And I don't believe that is so stressful. One of the things I also found with random interruptions is jobs like um, being a secretary or a waitress or some type of middle manager, police officers. Um, when I was reading this article, it said there's a sense of powerlessness that goes along with that, mm-hmm. you know. So think of it as a secretary, like you know, you know, you have certain daily responsibilities, right? But as a secretary or some type of administrative assistant, we don't really use the term. I don't think a lot of people use the term secretary anymore. It's more so administrative assistant. Um, when you, when you're in that position, you essentially work for someone your responsibility is to basically help with the administrative task for a person or a group of people right mm-hmm. and i i know just for one person it can be challenging because their deadlines also become your deadlines but then you have to include that in your daily responsibility so if your responsibility consists of answering the phone or you know yeah, they, they still email. expect you to do all those things. They still yeah. expect you to do all those things and then meet deadlines. And I, I imagine that can feel real powerless because you feel like you have no control over how you can structure your day. Hmm. What What about your front desk person? Do you think that's something that um, you I mean? You no, know, with you having a front desk person, their main responsibility is kind of answering the phones and set, setting appointments, greeting. Uh, guests and checking guests out but there are also you know other responsibilities that go along with that yeah and i see it all the time you know so so the front desk is like you say responsible for answering the phone making appointments or whatever but then you might have a client that just walks in that didn't have an appointment they have a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and then you have uh, someone that's waiting to check out Mm-hmm. And I can see the stress on their face, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, oh, I need to check this person out. But this person right here, I can't ignore because they could be a potential client, but they have a lot of questions about different things. And they'll talk to you then for about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they have to deal with that. Um, when I see it, I try to help out as much as possible. Um, but I know that it happens. Um, I don't think we're in a, a really stressful environment. 
in my facility. Hopefully not. Uh, it's yeah, so it's, it's the spa. So, um, so things like that can come, and most people don't mind sitting down and say, "Hey, if you can have a seat right here, I'll be with you in just a moment." Most people don't mind, but at the same time, time is precious. You know what I'm saying? So everybody, um, time is very valuable. So if somebody comes in, you're trying to check somebody out, and then they come in with all these questions. It's like, okay, who has the time to sit down while I deal with this person? Do you think that's why certain jobs like that have a high turnover, like administrative assistant or uh, waitresses? Do you think, I mean, I would think because you have a certain task and, like, certain jobs can be, like, really fast-paced or Well, this is my opinion about that. I think they get overwhelmed mm-hmm. with the people who feel like they come in and they deserve top priority over the people who've already been there. Mm-hmm. And then if they have a boss who feels like, oh, you should have given this person top priority over somebody you were, you were already talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a conflict. It's a conflict of values, actually, because we try to treat everybody like VIP. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who you are because everybody's going to be treated like a very important person. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, I've worked for companies that where you're a celebrity and you came in, no, you got treated better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then the average Everything stops. Everything stops. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, our philosophy is be human. Mm-hmm. We be human to everyone. So it doesn't matter who you are. With everyone. Uh, with everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. We're going to treat everybody like VIP. So I think that, that lessens the stress barrier. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay. So, it doesn't matter that this person is the president of so-and-so. But um, but I got this person that's in front of me, in front of me that might work for the city as a, a garbage man. And I'm going to take care of him just like I'm going to take care of him. Well, I think that's a good way of dealing with random interruptions, too. Yeah. I mean, because there's a way to acknowledge someone new without dismissing the person that's in front of you. Like, you know, how you go to places like uh, Moe's. Mm-hmm. You know, when you walk in, everybody say, welcome to Moe's. Yeah. You know, so they're acknowledging that you're walking in, and it makes you feel important. Yeah, you're like, hey. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. But, brother. <laughs> but I do think that practices such as that where you just take a few moments to, you know, greet someone and say, hey, welcome to, you know, such and such. And if you give me just a moment to finish with this person, I'll take care of you is a way to kind of deal with random interruptions. Let's go on to number three. So number three is unclear policies and no sense of direction. That kind of goes with the uh, ambiguity. I said it right that time. Yeah, you did. Take your time with it. Yeah. <laughs> Ambiguity. But um, <laughs> a lack of focus and direction, uh, even you know now that I'm an employer, mm-hmm. um, that is very important. People look to you for um, vision. You know, where are we headed? What am I doing? What am I doing this for? Um, what is the future going to look like for me while I'm doing this for you? Right, so it's up to the employers to set that vision, to set that direction of where you know I need you to do these things. But while you're doing these things, I know I want you to know why you're doing these things. 
and you're going to be doing these things because one day this is going to be this, whatever that is, whatever goal that is that you set. Mm-hmm. But the employees need to know that because sometimes you can just be feeling lost, you know, uh, you and I hate to use this word, but sometimes you'll feel like a slave. Mm. You know, you're like, why am I doing this? Mm. You know, you after 10, 13 years, you're like, hold on. Why am I doing this? I have received no acknowledgement. I've received no compensation for my extra efforts. I feel like a slave. And then, you know, God forbid something happens. And you go post. To, and, you know. You go, um, <laughs> something happens, like I had a coworker in my last job, but she injured herself. Oh, okay. And it felt like the company didn't have her back. And it's like, that's when it hit her, like, you know what? Screw them. <laughs> I worked all these years for y'all, 10, 12 years, coming in overtime, doing this, making this company all this money. I injured my finger, and y'all just saying, oh, okay, well, you can't come to work, you can't do this, and you won't be getting this. And it's like, whoa. That's when reality sets in. So you had to have clear policies uh, and a sense of direction for your employees and a sense of appreciation, which is actually goes into the next one. So I'm sorry. Did you have something on that one? Nah, I'm good. <clears throat> well, no, I, I, I was going to say that I think having a clear job description also helps, too. It might, it you know, it kind of gives a sense of direction on a, on a day-to-day basis. Because I think mm-hmm. that's a big thing is, like, people don't really know what they're expected to do. There are a lot of places that don't train you. Like, I feel like in the social service world, like, when you go to a job, like they say they have a formal training process, but their their training process is typically mandated trainings like CPR and you know OSHA training and different stuff like that stuff that they have to do to comply with legal regulations. But sometimes those things that are very specific to your daily um, responsibilities, they don't always communicate or train you on what that looks like. And I think it's really important when you go into a job to have it clearly outlined what's expected of you on a day-to-day basis. It does give you a sense of direction because, you know, especially if you have a job where you kind of get to structure your own day. Like me being a therapist I in a, a residential facility, there were certain groups that I was assigned to do. Yeah. But on a day-to-day basis, I could kind of structure my day how I see fit. But if I didn't really know what was expected of me or what what my job specifically called for, then I was just kind of, you know, I just kind of do whatever. And then when someone does come and evaluate you, you know, then you're not, um, you, you get stressed out because you feel like what they're communicating to you about what you did do and what you didn't do may not be an accurate reflection. And I think just being clear on what's expected and giving a person a sense of direction really helps with that. But I, but I think even with policies, though, that's mm-hmm. important. Like you said, somebody injuring themselves. There's so many times people go on jobs and they don't know what the policy is behind something, like behind calling out. And I think that adds to a certain degree of stress. Like, you know, I have with us having kids. Like, if my kids get sick, right, and 
I have sick time, right? I have, say I, I have two weeks of sick time, right? My kid gets sick, right? And I have to call out four days in a row. And they have a legitimate doctor's excuse, but you work in an industry where, they like, can't afford you not yeah, work. like you, you know what I'm saying? Like where you have clients and appointments and if every other therapist, massage therapist is booked, but your kid is sick and you're the only person that can call out for four days because you either are single or your spouse is not available, then how does that impact me? And I think that can create a lot of stress for a lot of people. I know it was always a stressful for, for me as a mom. I feel like especially for moms, we feel this sense of responsibility when our kids get sick or when something's going on to be there. You know what I'm saying? And when you have a full-time job, it's very difficult to decide what to do. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, do I try to stay at home? Do I try to call somebody else to watch them? And I think it's very important as an employer to have clear policies because that allows an employee to know what they can and can't do. So what is your sick policy? Does it say after three days there's a write-up, even if I got a doctor's excuse? Because when you work in certain industries, they can't afford for you to be out, you know? Yeah. So that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Number four, no appreciation. All right? So when people don't feel appreciated, um, it causes a sense of workplace stress. We kind of talked about that. You know what I mean? So you work so hard for a company and, there's no effort to show any type of appreciation. Um, I remember the last company I worked for, um, they used to profit a million dollars every year. And we were like, wow, that is so cool. So pretty much we profited a million dollars a year for the company. And then they, you know, they would give us a cake. We were like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> you know, a cake saying thank you. But, you know, we kind of expected a little bit more than that. You know what I mean? So like a bonus or like something. a bonus, yeah. And especially when we found out that the head of our department were getting bonuses based off of the work that we did. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, y'all get bonuses. We don't. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's this kind of you have to know your role and know where you fit in into these different companies. But that's where you go back to having clear expectations. Well, well, let's talk about that because I feel like that happens in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I've worked for a a company before where I've gotten a bonus off the performance of my staff. I wouldn't say that I didn't work for that bonus because I did. I worked my tail off for the bonus. But I do think that when you work in places where you know that the top level people make money off of the performance of the lower staff... It's a, I think it becomes a real stressor for people who work in places like that when you know the people who are in the top positions didn't do anything to earn that. You know what I'm saying? And when I say didn't do anything to earn it, I mean like, for instance, like a spa. Mm-hmm. You know, you take an appointments, you do good work, and you get a tip, that customer goes on. Well, if everybody's showing up to work and y'all doing the massages, outside of managing the day-to-day tasks, what are you really doing to enhance the customer experience? Mm-hmm. If you know if that supervisor or that spa director is not doing anything to 
really enhance the customer experience, like, you know, working with the concierge or the front desk people or the hostesses, or if they're not really working with housekeeping to make sure that, you know, um, certain areas are clean or there are certain things that are available or certain scents that are in the spotlight, really focusing on how do customers feel or addressing issues with the massage therapists or employees, if they ain't humping like that, but they getting a bonus, it makes you feel a way. And so I think that to for lower level employees especially, that is a huge stressor. Like I, it again it reminds me of when I worked at the hospital and we had mental health techs. Mental health techs. I could never do their job. And I've had to help out, but they sit with children their entire shift, right? So they with them when they eating, they with them when they doing school, all that, right? And then we would get to the luxury of coming in and out and it would always be this power struggle. And I think the way to offset something like that is even if you can't do bonuses, regularly acknowledging them in front of a group of people or simply saying thank you you know what i'm saying that really does go a long way and i think when you work in jobs where you're at considered at an entry level or kind of the bottom of the totem pole it's a huge stressor for people what are your thoughts (laughs) i agree i agree with everything you just said what about your staff how do you think as an employer it impacts the the morale if there's no appreciation. Right, appreciation yeah. So at the end of the day, I always try to tell my therapist, thank you. Um, I appreciate your hard work. Um, that's because I came from a place where that wasn't told to me. Mm-hmm. And I know how it feels to hear thank you. So um, at the end of the day, I say, hey, thank you. I appreciate your hard work because it's hard work doing that. And I know that they're doing it for themselves, but they're also doing it for the brand. Um, So I always tell them thank you. Anything they do that's outside of the ordinary, I acknowledge it. And I know that, you know, I I let them know that I know that they're doing that. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I tell them thank you. That's like the simplest thing that we can do. And say thank you for that. Um, another thing is, you know, buying them food every once in a while. Hey, People lunch, love to eat. Yeah, lunch on the spa today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just it's those little things to let let your employees and associates know that you appreciate their efforts. What's number five? So number five, and this is listed as the greatest stressor in the workplace is lack of control. That powerlessness that I yeah. talked about. Employees are highly stressed when they feel like they have no control over their participation or the outcome of their work. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the top stressors when there's a lack of control. And to me, lack of control means lack of trust. I don't understand that one. Explain to me. So, if someone, if your boss can't give you control over a certain situation, mm. um, can't give you control over a certain assignment, that means they don't fully trust you to do it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, and I take my job, for instance, I'm like, okay, 
Y'all providing chair massage at so-and-so company this weekend. And I just take all control out of your hands by, you know, just giving you everything, taking you to the place, whatever, introducing you to the people instead of saying, hey, this is who I need you to talk to. This is the person. Do great and be good at what you do. So you're giving them you're giving them trust. You're giving them control over the situation. And um, and I always tell them this, too. When a question arrives, feel free to answer that question. You don't have to call me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? At that moment in time, you handle the situation as best as you can. And then we can talk about it later. Feel empowered. Feel empowered. Yeah. Yeah, feel empowered to say, hey, you know what? Um, the music went out during this session, so I'm going to give you 10% off your service today because I feel like that was important. You know what I mean? Or something of, something of that nature. Yeah, but a lot of places don't like to do that. You know, a lot of places don't give employees the option to, you know, be able to offer things like that at their discretion if they to enhance the customer experience. But I think it also takes me back to um, when I think of this whole lack of control or lack of trust. I think it also comes back to what you were talking about uh, when you said talking to your uh, your your staff regularly. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, you know, just kind of touching bases with them. But I also think it goes back to what I was saying, too. In order for you to trust, you also have to make sure that you adequately prepare your employees. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because my thing is you wouldn't be able to send your, your staff out to go do an event and say, be good and do good work. I mean, do good work and, and be great. Right. If they never been, been, in, that environment. Yeah, yeah. been in that environment or mm-hmm. You've never demonstrated for them how the setup is supposed to look. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of people do that. They they um, will send employees out to do a, a task or tell them, ask them to do something, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't comp- um, prepare yeah. them for that task. Yeah, and see, even with my staff, um, when we go out do and say like chair massage events, mm-hmm. um, I always go with them first. Mm-hmm. To show them the level of expectation, right? So, you know, to show them that, hey, you don't have headphones in while you're doing chair massage because it shows that you're not focused on the client. If the client's trying to say something to you, you got on headphones. To me, that is just so, It's first of all, it's very immature and unprofessional, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so certain things that, you know, before I let them go out on their own, I show them, you know, what's what's to be expected because you have to you have to protect your brand. You know, everybody's looking. I always teach them that you're always on stage, especially at chair massage events, because mm-hmm. people are always looking, and you never know when someone is looking. Like you don't dig in your butt. <laughs> and get your drawers out your butt when you're doing a chair massage. <laughs> I'm just saying, certain things you don't do. You don't stick your finger up your nose and then, you know, continue doing a chair massage. Because somebody's going to be like, look at you and be like, you. Well, I also, I also think that, 
you know, when you show them a person what to do beforehand, that helps them. But also listening to feedback, because I think that goes to feeling like you have some control at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you may tell me to go sit up a certain way, but what if I have an idea that I think would be better? You know what I'm saying? How do you handle that? Even if you the idea is not a good idea, you want to that person to feel empowered or feel like they can continue to give feedback. So how do how would you handle that? Like if you have an employee that you're showing them how to do things and they're like, oh, but I think I think I should do it this way. Especially if you have a specific way of doing things because that's the brand way. No, of see, doing I love things. it. Okay. See, I love people coming to me with ideas because you know, when you can think outside of, you know, they say two heads is better than one. Mm-hmm. So let's try your idea if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll sit down and talk about the idea, and, it's, and if it meets the brand, it'll be like, hey, you know what? That's not a bad idea. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it makes sense. And if it works, it works. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think you should encourage. That's what I'm asking. I mean, if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. You know, that idea didn't work. But I think you should encourage your your staff to be bright and come up with ideas. I think when you have, like, open sessions like that, it makes them feel part of the company. But what if the idea is bad? You're still not addressing it. Oh, so if the idea is bad, then you just let them know. My thing is don't beat around the bush. Beat around the bush? Don't beat around the bush. (laughs) Don't beat around the bush. <laughs> what? Yeah. I was just saying, like, if it's a bad idea, be like, look, this is this won't work because of this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. You know, I love your effort into creating and you know, thinking about new ideas, but I don't think that was a good one for this company. Yeah. So it's not you, it's me. No, it, it's you. <laughs> it's you. It ain't me. <laughs> so, so the five, top five workplace stressors. Career ambiguity, ambiguity, random interruptions, unclear policies, and no self sense of direction, no appreciation, and lack of self control. I think lack of control, a lack of control. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I added that stuff. I'm sorry, that's the the therapist in me, and self control. I think for me as a, a person who is a supervisor, to know what those top five stressors are helps me as an employer yeah. because I think it allows you to be uh, mindful of what you should be doing with your staff. Right. But I think also as an employee, it if I was listening to that, people tell me what the stressors were, it would help me to be more mindful of the jobs that I actually go out for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But let's talk about some some. Um, things you can do to deal with those things, some solution to those stressors. You ready to get into the tips of the day? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Tip of the day. So let's talk about some solutions to workplace stressors. (laughs) (laughs) So some of the solutions that we think will help with some of the workplace stressors, right? So, your employees want to know how they're doing. So, basically, having a regularly scheduled time where you can actually give them 
a review. Having a what? A scheduled review time. <laughs> so review with them how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't make it so long. Don't make them wait a year. Don't make them wait six months to review. Maybe do it quarterly. Maybe have a quarterly review or a monthly review of their, um, you know, how they're meeting your expectations. Um, also, encourage proper time management. So when it comes to random, random interruptions, um, talk to them about proper time management. So what are they doing in their downtime? How can they improve what they're doing in the downtime to help them improve in their jobs? Um, when it comes to unclear policies and no direction, have clear communication about the policies. Repetition is key. Um, we learn by hearing stuff over and over and over again. The last company I worked for, we had a meeting every morning. And it was the same stuff over and over and over again for 13 years that I worked there. But it helped sink it into our system, you know, um, so that you were very clear on what was expected of you. Um, when it comes to no appreciation, you know what? Have, have employee appreciation days. And do it on a regular basis. You know, don't, don't wait for once a year. Do it quarterly. Do it monthly. You know, show them that you appreciate them. It could be a card. It can be a gift card. It could be a thank you card. It could be pulling them to the side and say, look, I've noticed you've done this, this, and that, and I appreciate you. And that goes a long way. I know one of the things um, when I used to work for um, a previous job, one of the things my supervisor used to do is, like, when we would have big events, when we would come back, like, say the big event was, like, from, like, 9 to 2. And we were working really hard. There was a lot of planning and coordinating that went into it. When we would get back, he would buy lunch for everybody. And pretty much for the rest of the day, we would just chill. He was like, I don't want you doing nothing. Like, if you have to respond to certain emails, like if it's a pressing email, you know, respond to that. Of course, we answered phones if there was a phone call or if somebody came in. But for the most part, I mean, he would pretty much make himself available and just kick back with the staff. And, and when the supervisor sits back and just sits there talking to you and going over random stories, it pretty much communicates to the rest of the staff, this is what is, is expected right now. And he would say all the time, like, I believe in working hard, but I believe in playing harder. You know what I'm saying? And so when we would have something where we did a really good job and we worked really hard, he would set out time to just decompress with his staff and I think that helped because that's a way of showing appreciation when it's like because you work this hard I really just want you to relax and spend the rest of your shift just kind of decompressing yeah yeah. and one of those ways that you can relax in the workplace is by calling life touch massage (laughs) (laughs) so we can actually provide on-site chair massage for market that business (laughs) For your employees. So we can actually come in and provide um, chair massages. You don't have to take off any clothes or anything like that. Sit in a chair 10 to 15 minutes. And that's a great way to show show your employees that you care about them and that you you really want to relieve some of the stresses they're going through. And he's a bomb massage therapist, by the way. Bomb.com. So that wraps it up for me. Okay. Yeah. 
I thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, live your best life. Living through your stress life. Mm-hmm.